I, I've started to do this move at home where I literally just take my shirt off every time before I eat. <laughs> it's real. Like, I, I've, I've gone... Mul- what? Yes. I've gone multiple years where I've just, like, gotten stuff on my shirt and I've just gotten so pissed off. That is unbelievable. That I literally now will take my shirt off to eat at home just so I don't get food on me. I, you're like you're like the most like what do they call those nudists that I've ever met. You you can't have shoes on. No, no, you're I, a bare feet guy. everybody welcome to the 69th episode of according to alan i am your host alan muskowski at the local 219 studios joined with the man the myth the legend kyle muha hello <laughs> so it's been a little bit of a break um the last one that we had on was adam anderson to talk a little bit of sports and we also had uh Vern Beck on before that uh sometimes things get a little crazy around here and this is the first podcast to be kind of uh shown to the side and uh, kind of redheaded stepchilded. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of stuff going on. So you've had a lot of stuff going on in particular, Kyle. Yeah, you've uh, you, you've had golf season. Golf season, which yeah. is crazy for you. And then with the whole assistant leaving, it's just throw me into the ropes even more than what I had anticipated for this golf season. <laughs> and for those people who don't know Kyle, he is. What is your exact title at Yuki Country Club? I don't even have an exact title there, to be honest. It's, I guess you could call me a supervisor. Really? You're at supervisor level? For sure, yeah. I I am in charge of employees. So. No way. Yeah, it's pretty, it's weird. How have I not known that before? I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe I just never cared enough to ask. <laughs> That's a strong possibility. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, dude. Well, congratulations on your promotion. <laughs> that happened a couple of years ago, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, some, uh, I know that you and I play a lot of NBA 2K. Did you get the game? Oh, yeah. I've already... I'm in full grind mode. Okay. How? Uh, any review early on? Because I have not even looked at it yet. So far, they've made some really cool changes uh, to the My Team thing. Uh, one of the problems last year was people playing players out of position in their starting lineups. So you could have essentially five centers in yep. your starting lineup. So now they have specific. You can't say if you have a center, he only could play at the center position in your my team lineup. However, there's a couple of specialty guys that are listed as shooting guards or small forward, and therefore they could play two different positions in your starting lineup. But only the position labeled on their actual card is where they could play in your starting lineup. Fascinating. So, which has been a great help for, you know, just guys having these huge lineups. Yeah. That you play online. Five pink diamonds that you can't get around. Yeah. So, I think it helps even the playing field a little bit. And then they made a couple of changes to my career, which is really cool with how you go about your badges and your build for your character. So, so far, I'm. I like the changes that 2K has made to the game. Cool, and it came out last Thursday, right? Yeah, September 5th. Awesome. Um, did you uh, 
Did you hear the Kanye news yesterday? I saw that he had his Sunday service thing at Northern Lee Island, but I don't know if that's the Kanye news. So the set list was fire. I wish I would have had a chance to go to it. I think that was one of my bucket list items, especially all summer. Um, was just I heard he was doing it. It was, but it would have been something I would have loved to have checked out. Um, he, like you said, he came to Northern Ireland yesterday, um, and he announced that his new album's coming out September twenty seventh, which is really exciting because I'm a big Kanye guy. I think if it is true, I was at a buddy's house and I, I think I might have <laughs> heard the leak of the entire album, but I don't know if it's the full, if it's the actual album with it being a leak or not. But it. It sounded like a Kanye album. How long ago was that? Um, two weeks ago? Probably two weeks ago, yeah. So that was... So there's this weird thing about Yandi, where like people just want it to come out so bad. And then that's the one that they said was leaked. So I listened to a couple of those tracks, too. And you're right. like It sounds like a Kanye album. Um, this one is called Jesus is King. Um, and I'm guessing it's a base around the promo around the Sunday service stuff. Mm-hmm. But essentially... Um, Kim gave it a lot of legs because she just posted a set list of it two weeks ago. Of the uh, album that's supposed to be coming out? Yeah. So it's a track list. So Yandi's not even a thing? No, it sounds like that was just super hard for them to do. I don't know what's going on with it or if he's just not happy with it, but essentially it's been shelved indefinitely. Interesting. Yeah. Because Yandi's been hyped up for like the last year and a half or so, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's something that I think everyone's kind of getting excited to that that's going to come out. But I mean, it could just be another marketing thing for him. You know, he's he's pretty good at it. Even though people don't want to give him credit for it, he's pretty good at at least making people talking about him. Yeah, for sure. Um, other th- another news we had uh, the Bears game Thursday. Disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> Super disappointing. Have you had the time to kind of reflect on it? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I definitely was. I would say overreacting just with it being week one but if i don't see improvements from mitch trubisky in the next in the first quarter of the season i am gonna be i don't know i'm gonna have to just take a cold hard look and just say we gotta get a new quarterback plain and simple wow so how many weeks are you giving it i'm giving him the first quarter of the season for first so four, four games four games i i need to see something or else i'm out on trubisky kyle i didn't know you had this in you this is like the supervisor kyle that's coming out right now <laughs> i have no idea who you are at this point yeah i just i mean my my thoughts on trubisky at this point is he's a first read quarterback so pretty much if the play is designed for a certain player within that play and that player's not open in that scheme the play's done. The play is done. He can't get through his progressions fast enough or look down the field or analyze the field to see other options out there other than the play that the play is designed for. I got the impression watching that game that they were running a bunch of plays that they didn't realize was either going to work or not work. Did you feel that way? Yeah, and I I mean, I was kind of all for them not playing in the preseason, the starters, just for a health reason. But after watching that game, I'm like, you know what? Maybe some reps during preseason <laughs> could have really helped out just for timing and just like overall just the feel of the offense. Sure, sure. And I don't know enough about schematic football to really give it the full like Monty about the conversation. Essentially, though, from a layman's perspective, I would think that – at one point, your wide receivers are coming back to like the sideline after the fourth consecutive three and out, and it's like, I can beat my guy, right? Let's run plays that let me beat my guy. Yeah. 
and it just seemed like they were just running plays to run plays. You ever get played? You played organized basketball. You ever play organized basketball for a coach who just is so hell bent on running plays, but they never work? <laughs> I mean, yeah, to <laughs> some extent, for sure. I I just remember in grade school basketball that it always was plays. Like if the first play didn't work, play number two. If that didn't work, all right, go back to play number one. And just hope it like worked. That's what it felt like watching it. It felt like that. Like there was never there was never real strategy behind it. It's like they were like all off season. You heard that Trubisky were opening up the book. We're gonna open up the playbook for him. You know, and then it feels like they might have opened it too big. Like why not just focus on ten to twelve plays that really work for you? Yeah, I, in regards to the play call and all that, just some really questionable decisions. Uh, for whatever reason, we got away from the run in the second half. I mean, it was a seven-point game or a four-point game for the majority of the game, and they just went away from the run. I know they weren't really running the ball that well, but you still have to run the ball to keep the defense honest. And then I thought one interesting thing was one of the DBs from the Packers – had a comment along the lines of, we knew if we had to make Mitch play quarterback, we had a good chance to win. And that's never a good sign if the defense is saying comments along those lines. So uh, Trayvon Williams, who said that comment. Was that the 38-year-old DB? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> He's like the oldest DB in the league. He's been They've been saying that shit about Bears quarterbacks for like a decade. <laughs> the problem, I think that he came back out like 48 hours later. I think it was news Saturday that that's not what he meant that he wasn't throwing shade at Mitch Trubisky. He was saying that like he needed they, like it was more of like a a strategy than it was like a shot at him. It was more like we're not going to let him get out of the pocket, use his legs to to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And not just from a running side, but just like shifting everybody over and then causing chaos downfield buying time. Yeah. So I think what his what he was trying to say in that comment was that we're going to just put him in a bubble and make him have to step it up into the the pocket and make plays. And even still, even still, that's essentially means play the quarterback position. Yes. To be a pocket passer. That's, at the end of the day, like, yes, scrambling's great for quarterbacks, but I mean, look at Tom Brady. That guy last night was in the pocket all damn day. <laughs> it was just throwing dimes. He's incredible. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> and not like getting Antonio Brown. Like, what the hell? That's such bullshit. And then that's one of my favorite storylines <laughs> of 2019 so far is the Antonio Brown saga. I've never seen anything like this in sports. Dude, it is It is perfectly like he for sure the second. I, I think the, the person I've heard who had the best commentary on it so far has been Pat McAfee. Like, he was just like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get traded to Oakland. I'm going to go over to David Carr's uh, house. I'm going to say what's up. We're going to share a lot of hugs. We're going to have fun. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to see what he's all about and realize, wait a minute, David Carr sucks. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. The car, the bumper cars that got in my head. That, that tweet he put out this weekend was hilarious. But then I think he just realized, like, hey, Derek sucks. I'm out, I'm out of Oakland. I'm going to do everything I can to get out of here. And he accomplished that. And he did. <laughs> total, total distraction. I think the craziest thing was the update i got about him hiring a social media team or whatever to like put a plan in the place to get him off of the squad i was like this is crazy for anybody listening out there we manage social media we'll be more than happy to make your release happen (laughs) that's it's it's some it's unlike anything we've ever seen in sports i'm trying to think of like another time where just it just didn't work out between a player and a team recently 
Um, does any come? Does it, do any come to mind? No, not not off the my immediate top of my head. I mean, LeBron's always the best one for me. Uh, I mean, he he has this way of spinning, breaking up with teams way better than Antonio Brown does, but not very, not as much, not much more gracefully. No, it's uh, whenever LeBron leaves, it's he's never had he didn't have enough talent around him. <laughs> Is there a superstar who's ever been like given the media like a commentary more than him? It's like anytime that they lose it's because he doesn't have enough talent. And every time they win, it's because it's LeBron James. He's the greatest player in basketball and maybe basketball history. Yeah, that's generally the narrative around him every time. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Uh, and Antonio Brown, I mean, granted, I think the thing that really doesn't make any sense about that whole thing, like looking back at it, is the reports were always so one way or the other. It was never like, oh, no, it's like, they're, no, they're talking it out. It was like, no... He's apologizing to the entire team with all the Raiders captains in front of him, and he's being heartfelt, and he looks like he's crying to literally the next day begging for his release. <laughs> it was so bizarre, just the ups and up and down of the entire situation, because one day it's like, Antonio Brown will never play down for the Raiders. Next day it's like, all right, he's back at the facility. Starting week one. Starting week one, we got him in our game plan, and then next day he's not even on the team anymore. It's oh. just crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like another one. Does he? Does he? I think he rebounds from this too, which is scary. Like I think oh, yeah. once he once New England starts rolling and he starts like doing his Antonio Brown shit in the end zone, it's about to be Randy Moss 2.0 for the Patriots. Ugh. Does Tom Brady have enough in him to keep it going? I mean, granted, last night he looked like he was just throwing lasers all over the field. I think he's got another three years. Really? <laughs> I drafted Brady last year in fantasy, and those last six games cost me pretty bad. Well, uh, that's the thing. Um, towards the later parts of the year, the Patriots' game plan and offense just entirely changes. That's why I've always stayed away from Tom Brady in fantasy because during those playoff weeks or when you get into the late uh, weeks of the season, typically the Patriots aren't throwing the ball as much as they are in the beginning of the season due to the weather and all stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I've always just stayed away from Tom Brady because – he the dialogue around him the last six seven years is him not performing up to his normal standards when you need him the most in fantasy. So I would I, I feel like I disagree. I've been a lifelong Tom Brady owner. I had him and I had them during the like the the Randy Moss year. So maybe I'm a little biased, but every year it was like you could always get him in the second or third round and feel pretty good about your position. But how long ago was the Randy Moss? That was probably close to 10 years ago. For sure. But I feel like up until last year was the first time I was like, this is bullshit. I can't do this I would anymore. say even last year, his numbers probably are not that great in November or December compared to his numbers in uh, September or oh, October. Yeah. Well, I think Trubisky outranked him. By the end of last year, I think he was like whatever rating that is, where mm-hmm. it's like they have like the 13th best quarterback in the league. I think he was like ended up being 19th. Is that the pro football focus thing? I think so. Whatever that means. I think it's just a bunch of nerds putting together some <laughs> numbers. And the other thing that drives me crazy about the Bears, and this is a reminder of last year, going back to that a little bit. So I went to that double doink game. Right, I was at that game when Parky hit both crossbars, which is insane. Um, I think my biggest criticism while I was there was that they were refusing to throw the ball past five yards. That first half was such conservative football that it was like, 
they were playing so scared. And, and a team that's supposed to be offensive and a team that's supposed to be led by an offensive head coach, by by game 18, you should not be playing scared. No. And especially with that defense, even if you are worried about turnovers, it's like you have the defense to, you know, at least like if you turn the ball over to hold the team to a field goal when they get good field position off of a turnover or whatever it may be. So, like... Put your defense in a bad situation by having the offense be aggressive. You don't, and and this, and I agree, agree 100%. If anything's ever proven that, it's been the last Bears Super Bowl when Rex Grossman literally did everything he could to give the game away and still a game, you know? Um, I think that, like, this Green Bay game in particular, I feel like while Trubisky deserves a lot of criticism, I thought the game plan was garbage. That first play from scrimmage, literally the first offensive play, you've had all offseason to think this shit through, you know? And you start off with a T formation with like a pitched like handoff that drops for a fumble. It's like, how does that happen? And the other thing that drives me insane about this guy, and I don't know why he insists on it. Granted, Mike Davis is a new, a new addition. It was very clear after one quarter who the best running back on the team is. Montgomery. David Montgomery is the best running back on the team. What are we doing giving away snaps to Cohen or Montgomery for a guy we just signed in the offseason? Like, seriously, I know it's early on and you're trying to keep health and everything, but you look at the final box score. Mike Davis has six receptions. Why? Yeah. If anything, Cohen should be the one getting the receptions. And, like, I'm not, I like Cohen a lot and I like him being shifty and stuff. But, like, he should be getting the ball a lot more than Mike Davis. Yeah, why is he even in the game? And last year was Benny Cunningham. Why is Benny Cunningham in the game ever? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. You've got two premier running backs. Like, fuck him, you know? I agree. Totally. 100% agree. Okay. And then uh, the one thing I will say this for Bears fans, and this is something that is very clear to me. Um, you gotta remember, Trey Burton did not play Sunday or, or Thursday. I'm I'm over Trey Burton. I'm done with. You're him. over him. Hot take. I've how many games does this guy even play a year? Four? No, four more games. Than that dude. He played at least fourteen last year. He played at least fourteen. I don't know. I just feel like anytime you fucking need the dude, an hour before game game time. <laughs> Trey Burton's out. Mysterious fucking injury. Like, I'm just so over the guy. Just, like, sack the fuck up. You're playing football. Like, everyone's hurt. Like, just get in the game and play, dude. So, <laughs> I like, I don't, I don't even know why he was out of the game against the Packers. Okay, so the playoff game, he was out because of anxiety, which who knows what the hell's going on with that. And then Thursday, he was supposedly out because he hurt his hamstring the week of practice. And that was reported all week. It was it was a game time decision. <laughs> he's always game time decision, <laughs> always. <laughs> but he's a game changer when he's in the game, and so like I think that that's part of it too. Is that may, and like the other game he missed that was very clear was the Philly playoff game, and another game they got crazy conservative. So maybe he is an X factor that we're not giving credit to. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah, obviously you're not into that theory, but uh, the other one I'd like to throw out there. Um, so how long has Cordero Patterson been in the NFL? Probably 10 plus years. And when has he ever been a good wide receiver? Uh, about never. Never. What is his, his, his role? It's returning punts and kickoffs. And doing like reverses and shit. 
So why is he getting a handoff on third and two? That was so stupid. Stupidest fucking play of all time. It was almost as about as stupid as going for fourth and ten. Another one that made like what is going on? You if you kick that field goal. Granted, it was probably going to be a fifty-plus yarder, but it's like, dude, it's like you got to show confidence you have that you have a brand new kicker, regardless if he misses or not. Like, I'm not going to have too much hate towards the guy missing a fifty-plus yarder. No, and then worst case is you miss, but at least it's like you can answer to it at the end of the game. Best case, he hits it, and you're like, okay, we got something brewing here. But if you're going to play the next fifteen games, afraid to kick a field goal, then we we are fucked. And it just made no sense. The Bears didn't convert a, a third and plus seven all damn game up no, until that point. No, So man. what makes you think we could convert on a fourth <laughs> and ten? And then that's not even going a fucking first and 40. I don't think I've ever seen that before no, in my life. That was crazy. <laughs> Another one that was like the video game controller broke. <laughs> like it didn't make any sense. And then it, that, that was frustrating because it came, it came at a time when it couldn't happen. Oh, yeah, and that, w- you know? that was the one drive where the Bears were actually moving the football. Momentum was going good. We need a score. Yeah. And then just get, I mean, you lose 30 yards. We were literally at the 30-yard line or so. Then we were at, like, <laughs> our 40. So takeaways for you for the first Bears game, what are they? Positive. Let's talk, let's talk the positive. Defense is legit as ever. They're legit gonna, as ever. No turnovers caused, but they're playing a stud. Yeah, I mean, whenever you hold Aaron Rodgers to 10 points, that's a damn good day. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, the defense is going to be balling out all year. Um, I, I, again, it just all comes down to Trubisky. And then I, I'm, I have a lot more confidence in Nagy figuring out the play calling and the offense. But for me, it all comes down to Trubisky. Okay. So I'm gonna go Allen Robinson. I enjoyed watching him play. He, he killed. He, he killed it in fantasy for me. Did he? Bodie, what do you end up with? Uh, I think 13.7 points, half point PPR league for that. So I think it was seven receptions for 105 yards. Or oh, so. nice! I didn't even see that. That's good. That's a good game. Uh, I just just watching it. It was like, oh, this guy's. He's at least he's one guy who's figured it out. Yeah. You know. I mean, you could just throw the ball up to him, and he's gonna have the ability to go up and get it. Yeah. Uh, positives like you, I'm thinking defense, five sacks. Uh, a buddy of mine sent me. Uh, Dan Shipman sent me a text today, um, or sent the group a text today that Khalil Mack apparently only won one out of thirty one-on-one battles Thursday. Well, he that. I can't pronounce that guy's name from the Packers, the Bakanaka. Bakhtiari? Yeah, whatever his name is. (laughs) I guess that guy's a pretty beast at his position. He's like one of the top guys. Well, he's the guy who chugs beers at the Bucks games. Yeah, so you got to respect that. Yeah, big mad respect. (laughs) Um, So I I like that. I thought the offensive line is another thing that was – is grossly being like under criticized right yeah, now the because pe- the penalties were just ridiculous, dude. They, like, I don't. I feel like they couldn't do shit. And then like every time Mitch was dropping back, was like f- there was pressure up uh, in front at all times. It felt like yeah. I w- I would say though there were definitely some times where he had time to throw the ball and he was just making the wrong decision with the ball too. Though yeah, I hope, dude. I'm really. I'm gonna wait. You gave it four games. I'm giving it the year. If he can't do something this year, you you gotta you you gotta make it a change. Yeah. I don't know if you can wait with this window of this team. I don't. It's tough, man. I, I'm glad I'm not Ryan Pace. 
<laughs> That's tough. Because I, I mean, like, yes, Trubisky's going to play the entire year, but like, this this is going to be the determinant season on if you even give Trubisky another contract or whatever the case may be. Because again, the windows your your window in the NFL to win's only so big. And the, right now, the Bears have the defense, and they have good enough weapons around them to make a push, a long playoff push. But like, you need you have to have consistent play at the quarterback position. What sucks is like instantly you've got the you've got the Packers at one to zero. You've got the Vikings who looked awesome. They're one to zero. Detroit tied. So that game, the, I didn't get the I I was watching on my fantasy app, so they ended up tying. Yeah, and the Bears are now in last in the NFC North, which sucks. I was so like I can't believe the words came out of my mouth. I went out to dinner with a buddy of mine on Tuesday night to Tomato Bar, the new one in Crown Point, and uh, we're sitting there just chatting. He's a huge Lions fan, and the words out of my mouth were, "I can see this team going undefeated." <laughs> About the Bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was drinking the Kool-Aid, dude. That was, that was a hot take. A hot take, dude. Uh, already, game one, fucked. Um, but no, I think it's... I, I mean, I don't know if it's time to panic yet for me. No, I don't think I it's... I don't know. I don't think it's time to panic, but after you have a whole year off of football and you like the anticipation of like going off of momentum of last year and mm-hmm. like everything going into the season, you're so hyped. You're like, man, like... Bears could do something special this year, and then you see that game. It's just like fucking a man. Isn't it crazy though? Like we watch the game, we're Bears fans, and how much shit we're getting right now because of the loss. But like, it's not like Green Bay played any better. No, but their defensive coordinators, like they're like putting them on their shoulders, and the the new coach is like they're they're touting him as like he's great. It's like it was ten to three. Yeah, and they only had one good drive, and that was a deep ball that Aaron Rodgers connected on. And then, I mean, that's literally what they did the entire game. I will say the Packers' defense, I know they played the Bears and it was week one, but they got some playmakers on that side of the ball, and their defense could be pretty pretty legit this year. It's crazy watching the NFL for so long that sometimes addition by subtraction is a real thing. I think a guy like getting rid of a guy like Clay Matthews helps them. Yeah. You know, and Amos made that play on Trubisky at the end there, which – I know he tried to force that ball. Into that the- was such a stupid fucking pass. <laughs> so, that's the thing. Like Mitch just loves. He sees. He sees the smallest window. He's like, you know what? There's three guys right there. I'm gonna just rifle it in there. <laughs> he could have easily thrown three to four picks too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's. I think that's the biggest. That's the biggest criticism is that it could have been four. Easily. Easily four picks that day. So hopefully that that changes. Did you get a chance to watch any of the Browns game? That's awesome. I. Got to see bits and pieces of it. I was in the shop all Sunday, so I got to see it, but we had a couple of things going on, so I only got to see bits and pieces of all the games on Sunday, which sucked. Yeah, that does suck. But I will say, going into this year, I'm not hype about the Browns. I felt like they were going to be overrated, and there's just too much hype around this team to perform at the level that everyone expects them to perform at with their talent that they have. Agreed. I think that is one of the most overdone storylines of this offseason for sure. Like, yeah. I, what NFL team has ever worked where like you just sign a bunch of free agents and everyone's like, oh, yep, they're going to be great. Yeah. I mean, they could be an 8 to 10 win team. That's where I tens about at the threshold I'm putting them at. 
but an eight to ten win team like that's good they may sneak into the playoffs as a six seed or whatever the case may be but it's like they're just not going to be as good as people are saying they're going to be i don't think and until new england is done i don't know how you can never say that there's another super bowl contender yeah and right? i mean and if you're losing to the tennessee titans by 30 that's not good no the, no. Titans, the titans are not no offensive juggernaut by any means <laughs> Well, who knows, man? Some of these teams pop up for like a solid nine weeks and they just like roll people for whatever reason. It happens every year. Yeah. You know? Um, so what's been going on uh, for us locally is uh, we've been we've announced a lot of events. Have you been in on that, Kyle? Yeah. We got the reggae bun- brunch or Bob Marley. I the Bob say. Marley brunch. And uh, have you had any updates on where we're at since we released those tickets? No. So we released 240 tickets. Um, and we have 220 sold already in four days. That's badass. Which is pretty cool. So I think that what I'm learning is that people love brunch. Brunch is dope. <laughs> brunch? I'm all for a darty, number one, a day party, and I'm all for a brunch. And so you put the two together, it's like just great vibes. Yeah, one of my favorite things on Sunday is Yuki always has a brunch. And about 2 p.m., that's when that thing closes down. And then I'm able to go over there and scoop up a little brunch action. <laughs> like a just, bird. Just like a bird, baby. <laughs> and then I just love that you can get some breakfast food, but then you also get some, like, dinner food on top of oh, it. Oh, that's like, what it's all about. It's perfect. Oh, I yeah. I absolutely love it. And plus, you're drinking the entire time, which is great. Well, I'm not drinking on the job, unfortunately. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say that publicly either, Kyle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's October 13th at Byway Brewing. Um, I believe there's about 20 tickets left for the 930 slot, but 11 and one are sold out. So um, we are talking with Byway to figure out a way to maybe add some more tickets and it looks like that may happen. Um, so if you do not want to go to the 930 slot, then hold off. I think within a couple more days, we'll have about 64 more tickets available. So that'll be cool. Um, and that is going to lead off a series for us. So we're going to be doing a ton of these brunches across the region. Um, I know we're planning on doing, well, I can't, I don't want to go too far into it just because I don't want to any, give anybody any ideas. Yeah, they could wait. Well, yeah, they could wait. It does, it's not a rush. The other thing we did, we announced this week is um, if you've been, if you're a fan of local music, which I understand a lot of people aren't, okay, because it's still yet a market where it's been very promoted heavily. I'm going to just interrupt real quick. Hit me. The hardest part about the local music scene is there's no really great places to see local music other than bars, and that's not a good place to promote local music. You need a venue, a a legit venue to host local talent. I agree with that 100%, and I also agree that there's no platform where anybody can get exposure either. No. So between no marketing and no place to play... That's a recipe of disaster. Yeah, because, I mean, like, it's cool to see a band at a bar. But, I mean, like, when you are at a bar and a band's playing, the focus isn't necessarily on the band. It's almost like a background to what's going on at the bar. And if you were to have an actual venue to have people be focused on the music, then then it just creates the energy that you need to help promote bands or whatever the case may be. Oh, yeah, and how many times have we got, Have you walked into a bar unsuspectingly into a cover band and just been miserable? It happens a lot in the region, yeah. man. I mean, I know these cover bands have 
<clears throat> I'd say, I don't know what, 25 to 40 people that usually follow him around pretty heavy. I know a couple of those, like the Dick Diamond and the Dusters people, um, the Craw Puppies, these bands that are kind of in legacy bands uh, for cover-wise in the area, which oh, my hat's off to them, dude. I'm, you know, I, I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to be pretentious here, but at the same time, I do, I'm a big fan of art. Uh, and the creation of it and music is a real heavy component to that and so i'd like to see a much a much more like larger intent and movement into originality and music from this area because i think we're just missing out you know yeah. i when we did those vault session videos i like the listener was very skeptical on what kind of talent was local and i understand that and i you know we've had a lot of conversations musically right about the genre and i i consider myself like i i'm i'm, I'm I, I learn all the time about it i'm always looking for the new thing and so uh i was very discouraged like like when it came to even the idea i'm like you know what why would we even do it no one's gonna care and then when we got a few of these bands involved it was crazy how talented they are no there's there's mad talent mm. in the region mad talent mad talent so like we got to do a better job of making this the jump off for them we have to. And Fresh Hops is one of those bands, and they are they, sick. Yeah, they're dope. So they will be playing. We and The way it came out was super organic, and that's one of my favorite thing with this stuff is we were at Wingfest, and, uh, which was awesome, by the way. And uh, we Stefan from Stephen Jude from Fresh Hops was there, and we were just chatting it up, and I introduced him to Shane Evans, who owns the Hobart Art Theater. And I'm like, dude, you guys got to talk. Do you guys know each other? Like, you guys should meet. And Shane's like, no, yeah, we know. We've heard of them. Like, oh, they, so they kind of got on common ground. But Stefan asked them, like, hey, are you guys doing anything for Halloween? And, and, and Shane was like, dude, I think we're actually already booked at this point. So I was like, okay. And so through our conversations in, in, in the background, I'm like, dude, Stefan, are you trying to do something for Halloween? As soon as Shane left, he's like, yeah. He's like, dude, why don't we do something together? So that's how the beginning of this Halloween party started. What I'm really excited for is I can't wait to design this inside to make this thing look fucking crazy. That's what I'm excited for. So I've got, I'm already working with projectors, um, trying to turn it into like a 3D experience on the inside. And uh, between them, I know they're going to dress up as something and I know they're going to cover some album in its, its entirety. I don't know which one is. I've heard it floated. It might be Pink Floyd Animals. If that's the case, that's a great album. So, like, I'm really, really excited to see how this kind of plays out. It's $10 to get in, and you're not going to be disappointed. There's no way. Like, even if you're for 10 bucks, you walk in and think it sucks, you can yeah, walk out. I mean, like, <clears throat> when you when the price is at 10 bucks, it's just like, oh, like, uh, it's worth at least checking out, you know? Like, Yeah, I would, if it were for me, I would make it free. But if we did, we have just enough costs involved in doing it that we have to make money at it so otherwise it's going to be like a negative three thousand dollar endeavor for me and i just I, I mean i love the region but not that much you know to throw parties for free um so essentially it's like if we can get about 100 to 200 people there and it's the crown point square is usually already a jump off point for halloween anyway um i'm really excited to kind of this is the first time I feel like we're being we're being extremely offensive in an interactive experience publicly. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Um 
now that I'm older and not really visiting college towns during <laughs> Halloween, like Halloween's just kind of whatever. But you know, this is something to do, something to check out, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it myself. Uh, a great costume for you that just came to mind would be the caddy from Happy Gilmore. I want I'm on board with that. You got the beard already. It'd be great. <laughs> Uh, just gotta the, grow it a little the, bit more. That's the worst part about Halloween is figuring out a costume. It is. <laughs> I've I've wanted to be Ron Swanson for so long. And just like grow my grow a mustache and then like let my hair grow out and then like comb it over. It just hasn't happened. My my wife's always talked me out of it, being like, I don't think people are gonna even know who Ron Swanson is. It's like, well, fuck them, then. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's those are two things going on. Um, in the in the time that we've taken off, man, I mean, literally, it's been crazy for for me. I mean, at least for what we're doing. I mean, we've we've really signed a lot of new contracts, which has been great. Um, there's a lot of projects that I'm really excited about working with. Um, a couple of those is the Athletic Performance Factory, Jordan Schaefer, who you had a chance to play a one-on-one battle with at Dowling Park. Yeah, yeah, and got to got destroyed. I will say I did compete in the bucket throne. I was I was there. You were there. I was there. You were there. But that was all. That was it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if by the time that ball made it to the garbage can, it would have broken a sheet of glass. But you made it there. Made it, it all that it went in there. Um, and he was a great sport about that. And so we're helping launch that athletic performance factory in Highland. So I would say check that out. If you're not familiar with that, that's going to be like 40,000 square feet. Yeah, the facility itself was just huge. Stupid, dude. And every time I walk in there, it's something new going on. I haven't been there in a while, so I'm excited to pop in there next opportunity I get just to tomorrow. see. Tomorrow. We're, go, we're going there tomorrow. Sweet. Just to see the progression of the place inside last saw it. Oh, yeah. The wicked, dude. And so that's really cool. Um, we've been really uh, helping out a lot of local businesses try to kind of get their, their feet on the ground. Um, the Blues Brews and Barbecue Fest that's going on in October, I believe that's the 19th. That's something we're doing um, a lot of the marketing for. It. So you're going to start to see a lot of that running through. Um, and great people running, running, doing that stuff. And a great cause, essentially. I mean, uh, the Crown Point Rotary does so much of God's work that people don't even realize it. Um, I know they kind of get their, their talk of like ending polio, but they're very much like polio is like a kind of an ancient disease at this point. But um, thank God. <laughs> yeah polio's not cool no not cool um so <laughs> really really great to see like them kind of do i know they do some like programs with like shoes for kids underprivileged kids and stuff like that um and a lot of education which is great so what we're helping them kind of get that off the ground we're also doing some stuff with saint jude house that'll be really cool they've got a candlelight vigil um for awareness of domestic abuse that's just really important to be a part of you know um, so anytime that we can kind of sink our teeth into this kind of stuff, we're into it. Um, I did go to the popcorn fest Saturday. I was, uh, I've never been to the popcorn fest before. So if you're a crown pointy and you've never been to the popcorn fest, I would say you should check it out. I would say, check it out. I give it my seal of approval. This is my second year going last year. I went to just film it and it was pretty cool except for like, when you're not from that area and you're running around with cameras, I felt a little out of place. This year, I didn't take any cameras. I just kind of did my own thing. Uh, I took my daughter and my wife, and we went rolling around, checking out, ran into a lot of really cool people, met uh, the owner of Aftermath, and Nikki, she seems really cool. She does, I guess, this Harry Potter party and like 
in July, I believe it is, and I guess it just blows out, dude. People go crazy for oh, Harry Potter. Yeah, like the Harry Potter has like a cult, cult like <laughs> following for like like a Game of Thrones type following. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, so I guess they make like their own mead for it, um, their own wines for it, and I guess it's like their own. No, it's a cider. It's a cider place. So they make all that. Um, and apparently it just like they sell it out people are like hanging from the ceiling there's so many people in there uh, so that's really cool and apparently they have like an underground cellar that they cleaned up that I think would be really awesome for like some form of dinner so I think we're in talks of doing something there hopefully um, the uh, other I, I ran into Sharice she, if you know Sharice she's from the Wing Wednesdays uh, from Quaker Steak she was she was really great to see and then um, I my first time trying Brick Street Burrito well, what kind of burrito did you get? I got the carne asada. My wife got the chicken tinga. I think the only thing, that, so from a exterior, from like a restaurant side, vibe is perfect. It feels like a downtown place. I love the city vibe. Um, I wasn't a fan of the cheese. I think that was my only real disappointment with it. In the burrito? Yeah, it was like a... So they must have they must have like the 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 tortilla they put it on the grill and they must melt the cheese on there and then wrap it with everything. I almost would rather just not do that and just give me like the cheese on top. Okay, I get what you're saying. So don't have it pre-melted for you. Yeah, because I feel the same way about nachos. Like I never I've never just been like all up in arms for a melted cheese nacho on top of my stuff. Yeah, I'd re- I prefer dipping it myself. Well, I'm not going to go that. Well, nachos are a weird game. That's a weird vibe. Yeah. Well, it depends also what type of nachos you're talking. You're, if you're talking about little league nachos where you just get a melted cheese, yes. so th- I'm out on those. So let's let's can, let's let's make sure that we we're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, there, there's levels to nachos. <laughs> I'm not talking about like so melted cheese in my mind is like you put. 10 tortilla chips on a plate you get shredded cheese you put that on there you fire that fucker in the <laughs> microwave and it just like gives that like hard sticky look that's not that's not the best melted cheese. i am fucking out on that <laughs> i am out and that's what the brick street burrito tortilla was for oh, me okay makes sense no, so i'm like i'm like i'm out on that but if you give me like a liquidized cheese that's nice and steamy hot and the whiter the better in my mind so you're a white cheddar guy, huh? Oh, dude, that right, that like white queso. Okay, white queso's fire. I I could literally eat every fucking meal with that on there. <laughs> <laughs> that is not. I could put it in drinks. I can put it in everything I consume on a day to day basis. Yeah, I mean, when you get a solid cheese, you could throw it on a lot of shit, and it'll taste fire. Fire, and it's like that. It's like a Mexican cheese. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you go to La Quesadilla does actually a great job of it. They have like those little half pound to a pound queso blanco and you pretty much they they sell you the chips and that and dude it's like crack i can't put it down dude it's brutal <laughs> yeah that stuff's hard to just not to stop eating essentially yeah it's just ridiculous um one thing i wanted to promote too is there anything you want to keep going with the nacho conversation no i think i i will say the only downside to nachos if you get a like a plate of actual nachos that's got lettuce, tomatoes, the whole nine yards on it. My only downside to nachos is you, you got to eat it so fast or else the bottom of the thing just gets so soggy. The chips get so soggy. Yeah, that's the problem with the nacho. You need The nachos need to be like a seven to eight person like 
team thing to take down. That way it's taken down fast and everyone gets crispy chips. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Is there, and so it's so funny because there's like this whole like strategic move into grabbing the nacho. Because like, say you have like 50 nachos on a plate, right? Obviously, some of them are going to have more toppings than others. That's obvious. Yeah. I'm always going for the most toppings on one chip. And it's almost like I need like um, <laughs> like pliers to get it out because otherwise it's like I'm wearing it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always the worst about getting food on my shirts or shorts or whatever, my clothing. So nachos are definitely not the best choice to avoid getting stuff on your clothes. No way. Yeah. So out of the messiest, messiest foods, it's got to be in the top five, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I there's love, just no stability. There's none. And I love artisanal burgers, but it's the same thing. I feel like I have to take a shower after every time I eat one. <laughs> I, I've started to do this move at home where I literally just take my shirt off every time before I eat. <laughs> it's real. Like I, I've I've gone mul- what? Yes, <laughs> I've gone multiple years where I've just like gotten stuff on my shirt and I've just gotten so pissed off. That is unbelievable. That I literally now will take my shirt off to eat at home just so I don't get food on me. I, you're like you're like the most like what do they call those nudists that I've ever met. You you can't have shoes on. No, no, you're a bare feet guy. I my friends could attest to this. Like if I'm chilling at my buddy's house and I have my socks on longer than twenty minutes, it will drive me insane. I'm like, oh, I gotta take my socks off, and I just take my socks off. So essentially, you could be in shorts, shirt off, no shoes on, or no no socks on, barefoot, eating like a, a burrito. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's the reg that's hilarious dude uh so uh, for the burger side of things though you're just you're it you're, you're that doesn't bother you the messiness of it i mean i just love burgers so much that doesn't bother me for a second okay because i like i will never have a, a a hamburger again without a fried egg on it you've been talking about this forever have now. you ever had it not yet, no. Dude, we're going to Square Roots right now, and you're going to have one. <laughs> that is like one of those burgers, dude. I don't know what it is about it. It's just the perfect mixture of flavor. If you haven't done that yet, you're really fucking up. I know. My thing is, like, you know I'm a big barbecue guy. So anytime I see a burger that has barbecue, the onion, straws, and bacon on it. Your game. Swiss cheese or whatever, that sign me up all day. Mm. I'm with you on that, That's though. my burger choice right there ribs stupid messy that's why i never order them in public the hamburgers i'm in that boat and generally speaking i can usually control the nacho but you're right it's it's like not only the pickup of the nacho it's, it's the, like transfer the, the transfer to, to, transfer to the mouth to, that's, that's what it, where your that's problem where, is and that's why it's sneaky that's why it's like the invisible threat because after you're so like precise <clears throat> with your nacho picking up and like the transfer to your mouth like after about 15 times of that, you just lose your concentration. Mm-hmm. At some point, you are going to wear the nachos. Was, would you consider it a war of attrition? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've done. What else have we done recently? Oh, I met Brian Urlacher Thursday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm really upset I couldn't make that happen. <clears throat> you ended up not missing anything. Really? Yeah. So we got there. Tony Antonetti, who's a sweetheart, she's amazing. She's the PR person and marketing person for Blue Chip Casino. She sent me a press release saying that Brian Urlacher was going to be at uh, Blue Chip, 
and it was going to be in celebration of their uh, new sports book for FanDuel. Which is super sweet. <clears throat> super sweet. And I'm the worst at doing that stuff because I'm not people who are like who have a lot of fame and we know them because we see their face a lot it just it doesn't do anything for me so like while everyone else is running around like like in like giddy because brian Urlacher's there it's like it doesn't i i I don't feel that emotion yeah because it's not really even like authentic you know i'd rather just run into someone like that randomly in the street and like have an actual conversation oh yeah there was a time there dude where i think there was like a press of like 50 or 60 people and i felt so bad for that dude he's literally standing up by the betting machine and he's just standing there looking like one big dumb asshole while everyone's just running around taking there was like click 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 all you could see was flashes everywhere and you're like he looks like he's in a zoo like I felt bad for him. Like he's just standing there. No one's talking to him. He's just standing there smiling at random shit while people are taking pictures. It's like so weird to yeah, see. Yeah, that would make me so uncomfortable. So I felt uncomfortable for him, dude. <laughs> and you know it's you know, he's Brian Urlacher. It's not the first time he's gone through that, but it's just like what a f- what a show. Yeah. And I mean like anytime you do like a public event like that like that's just part of the game for them. Yeah, so we initially we pitched him being on one of our Wing Wednesdays, and that was approved. So we were like, "Oh, this is really cool. We're going to be able to go there and do have some one-on-one time with him." And that's more of what we do, you know. Yeah, where it's not like we're going to press conferences, like, "Hey, hey, asking questions." Hey, Brian, what do you think about the Chicago Bears this year? <laughs> you know, like no one cares. No one gives a shit. So. What ended up happening was, so I, t- so I get there right away, and I talk to Tony, who's, again, amazing person, and she's like, yeah, have you decided on what you wanted to do from a segment side? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? We really, we, we were going to do the Wing Wednesday, but I don't know if we're going to have time. I know he's going to be dealing with a time crunch. I don't know if it's a realistic thing to try to do right now. So what, we'll, what we decided to do is, since we're promoting a sports book, we'll ask him over-unders about the bear season, right? And then, like, drastically make it insane. So like uh, eventually, you know, so like event, like at one point we're going to be like, so what are the odds? What's the over under on limbs? Khalil Mack rips off of Aaron Rodgers and beats him with one and a half is the over under, you know? <laughs> and, and that we like, so like we're sitting there, we set up cameras. We're waiting for him to get there. I talked to his press agent. Uh, was, I, be- I believe his name was Dave. He came up and he's like, yeah, what are you guys trying to do? And uh, I'm like, yeah, we're, well, we only need like five to 10 minutes. We're going to do this bit. That's uh, about sports book. We're just going to kind of ramp it up, put some humor in it and everything. He's like, okay, cool. I'll make sure you get five to 10 minutes. So I'm like, oh, awesome. So then the spectacle starts and there's probably 65 people there from press. We're off of that. Like we're not, we're not a part of that. We're on the, we're on the side and I see like local people that it, dude, it just seems so fucking desperate. And I don't mean to be a dick here. You know, it just seems like it, you know what I'm talking about, right? When you see someone walk into a room and you see 70 people just like throw themselves at them, it just seems so strange to me. Yeah. So like I, I number one, like philosophically, I can't even lift myself to do that. No. So it's like, I'm not doing that. And then it's cause like, what, what is he getting out of that? Nothing. Nothing. Dude. And it's not like he's like, you know what? That guy yesterday that came charging at me is pretty fucking cool. He has some really great questions. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> So then it's like he gets done doing that and then he moves over to like now they got like this red velvet rope 
And in the meantime, the red velvet rope is right in front of the screen and we're still off to the side. So we're not even like in press row at this point. And there's just that he starts talking and then it's just everybody now all of a sudden has like access to him. So they're all just like jumping on him. And it looks like he's in front of a locker at his like when he played. It's like there's Mike some person asking random questions sticking it into his in his in his mouth you know and it's like 50 people doing that and at one point tony comes up to me and she's like and it's getting clear now that we're not going to be able to do what we wanted to do there was a miscommunication right and tony comes up to me and she's like hey did you get your time with brian and i'm like no she's like well you better hurry up like this time's running out and i'm like you don't understand tony we don't really do that you know, we don't really like go over there and like ask them one question. And like, if, if you have anybody who's been familiar with our programming, it's just not, we have no reason to do that. No. Outside of just for fun, you know? <laughs> so in the meantime, like we didn't end up doing anything and we just kind of, they gave us vouchers for food, which is really cool. So they didn't have to do that. So they, 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 they paid for our meal. Um, I would say that next time now we know that we're just not even going to waste our time. All right, well, that makes me feel a whole lot better so for you, not missing out. Because so when I got out. that text, I'm like, yeah, we may need you for uh, to do some audio for Brian Ehrlich. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, so That's I, one you want to be a part of. Oh, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. So now I'm feeling a little better about yeah, it. Yeah, you should feel good. And like, like press people were going up there getting his autograph. I saw one guy, and this is like, I think super embarrassing. I'm not going to say who it was. He you know l- who it was? Though? I do know who he was. <laughs> I would never publicly like shame him like this. Um, he got Brian Urlacher to r- sign his arm. That's the. <laughs> if there's one move I hate for fans, regardless of any type of fan or sport, comedian, actor, if you get a body part signed, that is just so whack. You should be ashamed. Because what are you going to do with that? Nothing. You're going to wear that for two days and then, oh, man, that just went away. I mean, the only, I guess, shot is like maybe you're looking to get a tattoo in the future and it'd just be a cool one to have. And he's already kind of, he or she's already kind of created the tattoo. (laughs) But that's a stretch. That is a stretch. Could you imagine going up to another human being and be like, can you sign my arm? (laughs) It's like, okay. So that's what we were dealing with on that day. And it's like, (laughs) I'm not going to be that guy. No matter no. what happens, no. so um, Brandon Lacker seems like a nice guy. He was very, he was very nice and polite to everybody. Um, the The staff at Blue Chip was really great. It just didn't work out for the bit, which I thought was going to be awesome. That would have been really cool. Yeah. So maybe next time. I know we got we got a great relationship with the guys over at Bridges, so we might be able to go over there one time and try to figure that out. But we'll see what happens. Um, I know we had we, we had a chance to kind of interview Ozzy Gian and we just didn't have the the, the uh, resources for it um, that night. And again, like we're not we're I've never been like a celebrity chaser. I just don't like that. You know? I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. And I know that sounds like a dick, but like I there's certain things that I really appreciate. I just wish it was like the the transaction between the uh, the former athlete and the normal person is more on the same plane. It never is like that. Like, no, it's I, like they're still playing. They're still play- It's like I, I was I, I collect Cy Young signed baseballs, right? And one of the first autographs I got was Bob Gibson. So I go up to him and I'm like, "Hey, Bob, you know, uh, thanks for you know." I paid for it. It wasn't like it was free. I paid for it, and it was just like this cold transaction. 
that was like, well, what am I expecting out of it? Am I expecting Bob Gibson and I to be friends? Like, it was just like a turnoff. It's like, dude, I don't want to do I'd rather just buy the ball. Yeah. You know? Because it's not like a authentic interaction. It's like, hey, Bob, mind signing this for me? And then, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. obviously, like, there's some monetary value for you getting the signed ball in one night. And, like, so pretty much you're just, like, interacting with this guy to add to your collection but like most people are probably doing that to make a buck off of it you know 100 percent. and the worst experience i had which pretty much ended it for me i was at a socks fest which like the entire situation is set up for you to interact so with like, players so like the beginning or like end of the season socks convention yeah it's the beginning uh, of did, the season i did one of those for the bears Oh, nice. So you, have, so you know what it's like. Yeah, it's yeah. like you, you're sitting in lines pretty much the most of the day. All day. All day. And you're just, you're just getting your five seconds to get whatever you want signed. Like you're not going to have any interaction with the player really. And so I've got this thing where I, you know, I've got, I'm trying to collect the 2005 team for the White Sox. So I've got 14 of the signatures out of the 25 roster. So like anytime like guys like randomly like come into town like Cliff Polite, I go and I try to get it signed, right? So this was the convention of the 10-year anniversary of the 2005 White Sox. So there was a lot of them there. So I go to the event, and I got a three-day pass. I'm staying all weekend because that's what it calls for. And, dude, I see one of the, one of the guys that were, have won a Cy Young is Steve Stone, and he won it in 1980. So, and I know the year particularly because out of just randomness, I got a All-Star Game baseball from the 1980 All-Star Game at Dodger Stadium. And so the ball itself is a collector's item. It's probably somewhere between 80 to 120 bucks. Just the ball, yeah. right? Cuz it's got the logo on it and everything. And I take it, so I'm like, dude, Steve Stone won the Cy Young in 80. I got the 80 Cy All-Star Game ball. I think he might have even started the All-Star Game. It's the perfect ball for him to sign, right? And Steve fucking Stone. So I go into this I, I see him it's Friday night. I know that he's in like the second or third stage. I went to go get someone's autograph first and I was going to try to get like really aggressive and like take it down that one too, like later. So his, his, his spot already started and he's about 15 minutes into his session, his autograph session. And I run up to like his area to like get my ball signed knowing I have, I was short on time. Well, in the meantime, he decided to cut his session short because he wasn't signing any autographs. There was nobody there. Right, so he shuts it off 15 minutes. Now he's walking away from the the podium that he's on signing. So I'm like, hey, Mr. Stone, super polite. I'm like, hey, I I really uh, is it cool if you got you can sign one more autograph? I've got a ball I'd love for you to sign. And he goes, no, uh, my my session's over. And I'm like, no, Steve, like because he wasn't signing the rest of the weekend. I'm like, no, man, is it cool? Like really, like I got this one ball I'd love for you to sign. He's like, okay. So then he's like super pissed that he's even saying yes to it. <laughs> so in the meantime, I'm not ready. Like I have, I have baseballs all over the place and stuff. So I go into my like backpack that I have on and I find the ball that's in there. So I've got to like sc- scrounge through my shit. <laughs> I fucking finally find it. In the meantime, you can see he's, he's like, just like, fuck, I got to wait for this guy. Getting more and more pissed. Right. <laughs> so I grab the ball. I'm like, all right, uh, here it is. You know, I'm like here. And so he sees it and he's like, fuck this guy that's i think that's what he said like he knows i'm trying to sell it in his mind so he fucking reluctantly fucking does something to the ball and he prints his fucking name prints it prints it and i'm like that's weird i'm like man does he just like not autograph balls he just prints them 
I go upstairs, dude, and the fucking guy signs everything. He just printed his name on my ball to ruin it. <laughs> that sucks. So fucking pissed. To this day, like that ball's actually in my desk, and I've rubbed off his signature so you can't even see it anymore. <laughs> But I like in, I, in one of my dream scenarios, I just see him next time and I throw that fucking ball at his face <laughs> and tell him, thank you so much for being a total asshole. That was a big dick move. Big dick move. I literally spent a ticket to just like that's what at Sox Fest. It wasn't even like I saw him at a fucking Arby's. <laughs> An Arby's. <laughs> you know, like I stopped him from you're getting just, his you're food. You're just carrying a backpack full of baseballs to Arby's <laughs> just hoping to find somebody there. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad move around like the Hallis Hall area. I'm sure you could find a million fucking bears running around there. But yeah, I mean, it's just it was a that was like one of my worst, and it's kind of ruined me. Yeah, that was like I don't even know how long ago I went to that Bears convention. This is when Lovey Smith was still coaching the team and everything, and I was still young. I, my grandparents took me to that, and. Yeah, I I just don't see myself doing that at this point in my life. You know, like going to a convention, trying to get autographs and all that stuff. Like you said, I'd rather just buy it. Just you buy know? the just damn buy ball. It. Yeah, like I and I could have gotten stuff signed by Urlacher Thursday, but it was like, you know what, dude, I'm not. Fuck that. You know. So we didn't end up doing anything with him. I think the move would have been next time. Is like I know we got a lot of ambitions of starting a blog. I think the move would have been like if in that sense acting like it was a q a when it was really just like you're writing down people's answers mm-hmm. of like the questions he had posed to him and then just putting it out on like a sheet and like making it a blog post i think that's your really your only option yeah so is there anything else you want to add as we wrap up here no you got nothing okay well um events are happening go to our facebook you'll see them all over the place check that out we got the bob marley brunch we've got the halloween party featuring fresh hops and we've got the next laugh local all ready to buy tickets for check that out um one thing we are in the mix of as well is we're going to be trying to do a murder mystery series we are trial and airing that um september 21st so um hopefully that goes well and then we'll start doing that in different places which would be cool um, but, uh, if other than that, uh, we will be taking a little bit of a break from our programming while we're doing podcasts and stuff to that extent. Um, we won't be putting out as much content as we were in the past. Um, it's, we use, and this isn't not normal. We do this every about the quarter to kind of recharge our batteries to make sure that we're kind of doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and kind of looking at what we're doing and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, and so we've taken these breaks before. We've been going hard at it for a while, so it doesn't feel that way. But there'll be some things you'll continue to see. But for the most part, you won't see any new programming, at least until about uh, October is what I'm thinking. So um, welcome. It's great to be back. This was fun. Yeah, it's and been a while. It's been a minute. And so if you do have any questions or concerns, hit us up. Um, also, join our email newsletter. We will be giving you first access to any of our events that we're doing, as well as any kind of um, promotions that we uh, or us or our partners kind of want to promote. So um, take care, and we'll talk to you soon.